Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. 25% of the charging stations in the San Francisco Bay Area don't work. It's actually more than 25%. Because just 72% of them were functional. It's an incredible story as we watch things going on with the markets. As we heard uh, Joe Biden with just a level of despicableness in his comments about how he's going to fix inflation. My, my gosh. The argument, of course, that we've been making here is that these these electric cars I have no issue with. But they have to get powered somehow. And they get powered in the same way everything else gets powered. We got to use those. Oh, wait, we call them fossil fuels. We still doing that? We still being those kind of low lights and calling them fossil fuels? You still need that energy to be able to create the electricity. You can argue that uh, there's a there there there's a way. You can argue that there's a way to 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 create the energy without having to use the uh, you know oil or, or or gas. Well, go get there. I don't mind you getting there, but right now it's the only way it can be made. So now, what is the value of an electric car if you can't charge it up? What's the value? What do I get out of it? Why did I buy this $50,000-plus monstrosity? So I could show all my friends how good and decent I am? So I can show everybody how much I I care? Because that seems to be the only reason to buy a Tesla. Sorry, Elon. The only reason to buy a Tesla is to show everybody how woke you are or to show everybody how much money you have. This is it. And by the way, I have friends with Teslas. They're going to be very unhappy with me. They're going to be very, very unhappy with me. Because they all tell me, it's fantastic. Yeah, it's incredible. Oh, it's great. You should get one. No, no, no. I kind of know me. I kind of know me. I, may, maybe there's an electric car in my future. Would I get the electric uh, Hummer the, the, you know, from, from GM? Maybe. $100,000? No, thank you. But it's a great question about powering. Because it's not just about Tesla. Hey, you like Tesla, get Tesla. Don't let me tell you otherwise. What the hell do I know? But how do you power the damn thing? And why can't we take note of the fact that they have been lying to us about how this is supposed to work? Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, how are you? 833, got Tony. That's the number, 833-468-8669. That's how you get to be a part of the program. But we talked about the fact that you, you know, usually about how you have to develop the power. We never really got into what happens if the stations don't work. What happens if the stations don't work? What's the plan at that moment? How does one deal with that? Who goes about fixing these electric vehicle charging stations? Does this happen at a governmental level? 
So the government of California, which is inept and is hemorrhaging cash like it's its job because that's what they think, they're now going to be the ones to fix these pumping stations? Charging stations, not pumping stations, charging stations. How? Or we now are the charging stations already uh, like under some kind of like private control? You know, you've, you've leased them out or what have you. Best of luck. Best of luck in figuring out how this happens. Part of our, our reckoning in what we have witnessed over the last couple of months with oil prices, gas prices, with uh, how um, inept uh, Joe Biden is. By the way, according to oilprice.com, West Texas has just slipped under under $100 a barrel. Brent crude is still $102 a barrel. Um, kind of untouched in, in, in all of this has been an infrastructure conversation. We've heard that the administration wants to put in charging stations all, all over the place. But how do they now work to maintain these? They didn't have to maintain gas stations. People own gas stations and maintain gas stations. The only thing the government had to do was get out of the way and ensure that the gas could actually get from point A to point B. This administration is not a fan of it. By the way, Stephen on Twitter wants me to know that he loves his brother's Tesla and he wants the Silverado electric truck when it's available. I get it. I get it, man. People love them and they're beautiful and all that jazz. I'm not telling you no. As I said, I don't get to decide for you what you drive. You heard me talk about the the, the Hummer electric. You drive what what you want to drive. But the idea that it has to it has to be only those things. And you see, General Motors, we're going to go to an all electric fleet, and Volvo, we're going to an all electric vehicles. This is nonsense. This is a bad policy. And they are doing it for the same reason many people buy the Tesla. It's so they can show how woke they are. And you can replace Tesla with Prius or any other electric vehicle thing you want to put in there. General Motors is going to make the all-electric Corvette? Corvette? I don't want an electric Corvette. I want a, I want a Corvette that makes a crap ton of noise. An absolutely embarrassing amount of noise. I want a Corvette to go by and there's a ringing in the ear for the next six months. That's what I'm talking about. Electric Corvette, so quiet. I mean, unless they're going to pump the sound in, which which some cars I think have done. Right? They're gonna they're gonna they're gonna pump it right in. But how do you charge these things? How do you deal with the infrastructure of these things? We haven't really addressed that. And who are we are we finding responsible for it? And what happens to a town where one in four, more than one in four charging stations don't work? What pressure does that put on the other charging stations? And how what is the tipping point for the number of charging stations that are necessary based on a population that if you don't have X in working condition, you now find that people can't get to work, therefore they're taking Uber, therefore 
you you have a situation by which you're utilizing more energy. David on Twitter is saying, you know that the fossil fuel used to power a charging station is cleaner and more efficient than conventional gasoline. Well, tell me all about it, David. I'm, I'm, I'm all ears. But even though we're still using the ridiculous terminology of fossil fuel, you would still have to make a recognition of the fact that that's how it's being fed. That's how the energy is being created. If you tell me that it's cleaner, that's great. But if I'm told by society that it's evil to use fossil fuels, gas and oil, it's still evil. Right? The argument is we don't have a better way to create this power. If we think we, if if our plan is to eliminate with the end user utilizing the power from gas and they utilize it from electric, do we all of a sudden have this idea that everything is better, but the power itself is being generated from the stuff we're told is bad? You're telling me it's cleaner. Show me. I'm listening. My argument remains the same. That it still has to be these energy sources. It isn't coming from solar. It isn't coming from wind because those things don't work. But I've moved the conversation now to what happens when they can't access it. Which is not a conversation of where the power comes from, but what happens when you cannot access the power. And that is a conversation that I believe many Americans have never had. Well, they're going to need to. Because what happens when you can't access the power? What happens when you cannot access it? Is this a reason to really consider hybrid vehicles as the right maneuver? That an electric vehicle simply cannot be trusted? When things go bad, you got to have a backup? Maybe. Or maybe the idea of total reliance on electric vehicles is just a really bad idea. Look, I argue that when you see the fight over cafe standards, well, we're not going to have any vehicles that don't go at least 40 miles on a gallon. I think that's unbelievably dangerous. I think that's uh, that's uh, the, the, the environmentalist claptrap at work. Uh, the, you, you get no value. Because in order for a car to go, let's call it 40 miles to the gallon, uh, you you would need, I think, maybe a smaller vehicle, maybe a more unsafe vehicle. And I, I want some steel around me. I know, I know who's using steel. I want some steel around me. I want what I want what I want. I get that maybe there are many in America who don't want it. I don't care. So there is, uh, to an extent, a touch of selfishness in this. But there's also uh, a a larger sense of self-reliance in this. As far as I can see it, San Francisco proves that you cannot rely. You cannot rely at all on all electric. I, I, I have no problem with electric vehicles. I'm saying you can't rely on it. If they can have more than a quarter of their, um, of their pumps, their, their charging stations not working. And I want to know what the number is of how many charging stations have to be out before you have an inability for these cars uh, to to get around. And then how does that affect the economy? And then what other kind of transportation modes are they using? And how does that affect the environment if the argument is all environment? 
By the way, Tesla has recalled 130,000 vehicles over touchscreen malfunctions. An overheating issue that may cause the center touchscreen display to malfunction. The Tesla S and X from 2021 and 22, and the 3 and Y from 2022. There's an over-the-air software update to resolve the issue. Hey, look, uh, plenty of auto manufacturers have recalls. It's not like I'm just picking on Tesla there. I was just telling you. We are hiding from America the idea of where this power comes from, even if it is, as David says uh, on on Twitter, uh, cleaner. Although I'd love to just see the data. But we haven't addressed what happens if the if the grid goes down, if you can't, if if, if the charging stations don't work. New world creates new world problems. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. Over 580,000 pounds of chicken has been uh, recalled. Wayne Farms recalling 585,000 pounds of ready-to-eat frozen chicken breasts. This is actually an expanse, expanding of the recall. What, what name does it go by? All-natural fire-grilled chicken breast. So uh, you got to see if you have anything uh, like this. If you do, um, I don't know, check with the store that you got it from, bring it back, get your money back, get new chicken. Be safe is all I can tell you. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. As we told you, Black Lives Matter, the organization, is a scam. And anybody who gave them money gave money to scam artists. This is my take. And I believe I have the receipts to back me up because we know the Patrice Cullors and the founders of Black Lives Matter. They took in millions of dollars and she ended up buying herself a few homes. One of these places that they purchased was in Los Angeles. And supposedly they had bought this home, this whole property, and they were going to make it a an artist residence for, for, for black artists and a place for black culture. It was going to be very, very important. It was going to be a meeting venue and a campus. She issued a statement denying that she had lived at the property or taken advantage of it for personal gain. Turns out she threw parties there. She hosted her son's birthday party there and a gathering to celebrate Biden's inauguration. It's a six-bedroom place in Los Angeles, $6 million, which... In L.A. money is not that much money. In L.A. money, housing is ridiculous. Patrice Cullors scammed you. It's a very important thing to note, especially for the CEOs who tried to buy their freedom by donating uh, to Black Lives Matter and engaging in some of the worst bigotry out there by doing so. You didn't want to really do anything to better your business. You didn't really want to look at yourself and discuss your own bigotry. But if you just write somebody a check, you can buy your freedom. Come on. I know you did it. You know you did it. They know you did it. We all know you did it. I took so much heat. So much heat from people. 
when I said I cannot support Black Lives Matter. They said, "How? why can't you do this? Why? Because I can't separate the organization from the, from the terminology. Why? Why can't you do that? What's wrong with you? Because the organization is run by Marxists. They're absolutely horrible people. They're commies. All commies are evil. And they can't be trusted. We, we, we were right. Not because we had any secret knowledge, but because we knew that all communists cannot be trusted. They can't be trusted. That's the story. That's the reality. Of course she used it for her personal gain. She used all of the Black Lives Matter cash she could get her hands on for personal gain. And no black life has been made better because of Patrice Cullors. That na- last name, by the way, C-U-L-L-O-R-S, Patrice Colors. No one's life has been made better. You would think that they'd be able to point to so many black businesses that got rebuilt from the riots that got them destroyed. Um, and then you, you would think there were, there were, there were scholarships that'd be created, scholarships uh, to get uh, uh, black kids an opportunity to get to, to college or, or a trade school or, or to something. Where is it? Where, where did the millions of dollars go? And the answer is, well, it got her uh, a house in L.A., a different house in L.A., a house uh, in, in the island somewhere where she's like neighbors with, with Justin Timberlake. That, that's what it got her. That's what she did with your money. All those people who want to tell us how good and decent they are. I I knew they weren't good and decent because they were telling me they were good and decent. If you're going to donate, just donate. If you want to do something, do something. Now, sometimes you create charitable opportunities. You want to let people know about it. I I did that with with Recovery Rye. I created a rye whiskey, and we we helped uh, hospitality workers uh, throughout the the state, uh, the state of Indiana. I, 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 was, I happily did it. I, I would do it again if, if, if I thought it was the, the, the right moment. Right? There's reasons to say, hey, we're doing this thing. We're helping some people. But the, 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 the people who, you know, w- would you then take a bottle of this whiskey? Be like, look, look what I did. Look how good I am. No, you'd be like, hey, uh, uh, Tony's doing this thing. Uh, now I'm going to drink this thing. And we did some good. And that's great. I don't know. The people who gave to BLM. They wanted you to know it. And they demanded you supported BLM and you put it in your shop window. Otherwise, you could be attacked or maybe you were a racist. That's what they did to people. That's what Patrice Cullors and her group did to people. Grifters. And if you gave to them, somewhere you knew it. How about you don't give to them anymore? Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. about the MAGA crowd or the ultra MAGA. Um, how does that jive with his desire to be the bipartisan guy? Well, the president's view is you can do both. 
he believes that there is work we can continue to do together. We're, we're actively advocating for. He was out traveling in uh, just last Friday on the uh, Bipartisan Innovation Act. We believe that needs to move forward. It should move forward. Uh, and that can be can build on the nearly 80 bills that we signed into law last year that are bipartisan. But he's also not going to stand by uh, and not call out what he sees as uh, ultra-MAGA uh, behavior, ultra-MAGA policies um, that are out of the mainstream of the country and are not in the interest of the American people, whether that is efforts to prevent a woman from making choices about her own health care or whether that is Chairman Scott's uh, policy and proposals on uh, that would raise taxes on people making less than $100,000 a year. Um, he's going to continue. I swear to you, I have no idea what ultra MAGA is supposed to be. But when I hear Jen Psaki, I, th- this is senioritis. Th- th- you know, she doesn't believe any of this stuff. Just get me over to MSNBC. Get me making my money. That That's all there is to it. Just get me making my dollars. I, I will repeat any nonsense thing they want me to repeat. Just let me out the door. Uh, it's all yours, Corinne Jean-Pierre, who, by the way, holy cow. She's got a story. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. What is going on? Corinne Jean-Pierre, the new White House press secretary, has got a story. And the story is she's got a lot of old tweets. And you're like, hey, can we please stop taking people's old tweets and using it to destroy them? Well, that'd be fine. Except she, in 2016, said Trump stole the election from Hillary Clinton. And in 2020... She said uh, that Brian Kemp and uh, Republicans stole the Georgia gubernatorial election from Stacey Abrams. She was there on social media complaining about stolen elections. Maybe that's something I get to notice from the White House press secretary. Because everything Trump is saying about stolen elections... How dare you? He's he's thwarting democracy. I, I, I don't think that's the case. I don't think that's the case. I think there are a lot of people watching this movie, this Dinesh D'Souza movie. He makes movies. He's made a bunch of them. 2,000 Mules. I, I think they're asking even more questions. I'm going to give people a couple more days with that film and kind of you know, break it down and, and see if, if do they do they feel like this is just gross or do they feel like, hey, whoa, whoa, this is a coordinated effort to, to take out a, a, an election. What is this? Which is, by the way, the, the, the reason I think that the left always gets so angered when the courts don't go their way is that they believe that they're, they're, the courts are their domain and no matter what they do, the courts will bail them out because, of course, they're ideologically connected. That's that's what they believe, right? That they are that they are ideologically connected, and so they they don't have to worry about it too much because if they get caught doing anything wrong, the court will be on their side. If you want to go back and pinpoint when the real hatred began, when the real tearing apart and the division in the country happened between political parties, it wasn't actually Bill Clinton. Some people want to argue it was actually Rush Limbaugh and, and really coming to, to massive prominence in the days of Bill Clinton. I don't think that was it. It was hanging chads and the Supreme Court making the decision about Gore and Bush. 
that sent the left into an apoplectic rage that they, 22 years later, are not over. The court, their court, didn't do them right. And they, they couldn't believe it. They couldn't take it. They couldn't understand what was happening they 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 lost their minds they 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 said to themselves how is any of this possible oh my god okay it's happening everybody stay calm what's the everybody procedure calm. everyone what's the procedure stay calm wait, 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 wait. Everybody, what's going on holy crap i am freaking out and they freaked out and they've never gotten over it and that's when they went into the idea of, of the dehumanizing conversations. Uh, th- let, me, let me give you an answer. Tell me if, if I can't um, connect these two things. This was Speaker Pelosi just the other day. You listen, you tell me if this is a rational thought. The fossil fuel industry, it, they weigh in so significantly I mean, how could it be that nobody on the Senate side cares, on the, and the Senate cares about climate? Some of them do, and they talk about it. When it comes to the votes, it just isn't there. They just aren't there. So rather than saying, well, we have to defeat them, no, let's just try to persuade them. I want the Republican Party to take back the party. Take it back to where you were, where you cared about a woman's right to choose, and you cared about the environment. And all. And all the great, all the. Hey, here I am, Nancy Pelosi, saying this country needs a strong Republican Party, and we do. Not a cult, but a strong Republican Party. The strong Republican Party that supports a woman's right to choose and cared about the environment um first uh, let's go to the second part first cared about the environment they've always cared about the environment the argument is do you believe in anthropogenic global warming and believe that we are guilty as an exist in our existence for what's happening to the planet and oh by the way can we get a good idea of what we actually think is happening to the planet because we don't necessarily have that either. Of course, this has always been the great lie from the political left. Republicans don't believe in clean water and clean air. One of the dumbest arguments ever made. Where you cared about a woman's right to choose. What, is, what, the, what the hell are you talking about? What are you talking about? We need a Republican Party that is made up of Democrats. That's her argument. An insane argument. And if we want to discuss cult, look at how far you people are going on abortion. You people revel in abortion. You love it. You can't get enough of it. You, you, you are overjoyed about abortions. It just makes you so incredibly super excited. Did you catch this story? I don't, did I share this yet, Producer the, 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 this, this woman from MSNBC? No. I know what you're talking about, though. 
Oh my God! Uh, she she claims that she's a comic, right? She used to she used to write for um, I think it was for Conan, and she she's got a take on whoever did the leak of the Justice Alito draft, showing that they were going to overturn Roe v. Wade. Well, listen. The leaker. I I would like to find out who the leaker is, so I could make sweet love to that person, because that person is a <laughs> hero to me. Okay, and if the leaker, yeah. a lot of people are saying it could be a conservative. If the leaker is a Republican, uh, and if I get pregnant during our lovemaking, I will joyfully abort our fetus and let them know. <laughs> the host is laughing. She's talking about joyfully aborting fetuses. Who's part of the freaking cult, man? Couldn't you at least get a little bit of self-control and get everybody on the same page? Maybe you shouldn't sing your abortion. Maybe you shouldn't be so excited about it. But you people are you people are a cult. That's one thing the left always does is that they are always, always projecting who they actually are. You revel, revel in abortion. You love it. It's the weirdest stuff ever. NPR put out fact checks. I sw- First, uh, we know the fact checkers are full of crap, right? We all understand that the fact checkers are totally full of crap. So NPR did uh, seven persistent claims about abortion, fact-checked. <laughs> sure. Claim one is about support for ending Roe, and, and somebody was commenting on it. They cite a poll showing Americans support abortion being legal, but ignore all the polls showing that Americans do support restrictions on elective abortions after the first trimester. Now, this is very true. It's a unique thing. And maybe this is where the rubber's going to meet the road in America. The idea of legal abortion moves the majority of Americans. They want it. They can see a need for it. Even if you disagree, they can see a need for it. Whether you want to argue it's the rape conversation or others, and these are real things. They do happen in in limited cases, but they are real. Uh, So they say, let's allow this. But they aren't screaming like the Democratic Party is as a cult, partial birth abortion and infanticide. Which is what people like Chuck Schumer and former governor of Virginia, Ralph Northam, and the state of New York advocate for. Who's the cult? Right there. Abortions did not skyrocket after Roe v. Wade, by the way. They continue to be on a downward slide. Right? Anything, anything, anything to support abortion. It's it's kind of remarkable. The fetishism, the cultism at play. From Nancy Pelosi's party. If you guys could just be normal. If you could just be normal. That's all it takes. Just be normal. 
Say you want it safe, legal, and rare, and move on with your day. You couldn't do it. You had to sing your abortion like a bunch of freaks. Like a bunch of cult-esque freaks. Pelosi sent a letter to Democrats supporting those who are engaged in protests in front of the homes of Supreme Court justices because it's showing your righteous anger. Righteous anger. While we have seen and heard extraordinary anguish in our communities, we have been moved by how so many have channeled their righteous anger into meaningful action, planning to march and mobilize to make their voices heard. In front of justices' homes, this is this is righteous anger. It's all it is. It's funny. That's all I thought January sixth was just a bunch of righteous anger. That's all. Nothing more, nothing less. Just a bunch of righteous anger. You don't think that argument's gonna get made? I'm here to tell you that argument's gonna get made. One hundred and fifty percent. That argument is gonna get made. These people. These people are the ones in the cult. Nancy Pelosi is projecting at this stage of the game. Meanwhile, it's very clear that not going into the NFL was a huge mistake. I'll tell you why coming up. I'm Tony Katz. Tom Brady has already locked in the retirement. No, no, he didn't retire again from football. He's still going to play football. He's locked in the career after football. The story breaking today that Tom Brady will be joining Fox Sports after he retires from the NFL for $25 million a year. That's what he's doing. He's going to do the games with Kevin Burkhart. Now, this explains why they let Troy and uh, Buck walk. Have they asked the question of whether or not he'd be any good in the in the booth? You figure he brings the uh, the fans, right? Does he? I yeah. That's a good does, question. does I mean does he have does he have any personality at all? He did a uh, documentary series on Disney Plus about his retirement that I thought was really well done, and he uh, narrated it. He read what somebody else wrote for him. Well, he I, probably, but still, he did a good job reading it. Okay. Uh, uh, look, you, 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 you take the risk of putting a guy like that in there, but maybe it's uh, just a uh, just an assumed risk, right? You just you, hey, you know what? What what does it hurt us? We'll give it a try. We'll give it a try, and hopefully, he'll do three quarters as well as Romo in being able to tell us what the play is. Because Romo is a re- is a revelation. It's uh, whenever I hear Tony Romo calling a game, it's so amazing he couldn't be better at quarterback. Because he knows fair. what's going on. That's not fair. It, the point is he knows what's going on. He totally sees it. Yet in the execution, it didn't work as well. That's the these guys are pros. They can all play the game. But there is something that happens. There is something that separates people out, and that something is a quarter of a second. You're correct. I agree with you. That's completely. unbelievable to me. Yeah. No. If you could bottle that, then yeah. 
the difference between the people who are a success and the people who just are is that quarter of a second. The, the release being of a quarter of a second faster or maybe faster than that. The, the ability to see the blind side a quarter of a second faster. Um, the, the decision making a quarter of a second quicker. That's what we're talking about here. And how there can be people who are fair in college but excellent in the NFL and excellent in college and total disasters in the NFL. How the game is just so much different and some people just have a mind that work for the thing. Stunning to me. $25 million a year after the retirement. You should have been a quarterback, dude. I'm an, I am a moron, producer Ari. I, I am a schmuck. No. You know, my mother wouldn't let me play football. Yeah, I'm not going to let my kids play football. Yeah, my mother was wrong. No. My mother was... Diane! Don't you dare. I could have been a contender. She's a saint. I could have been rich. No. Instead, I just have to be a genius who languishes in upper middle classdom. I'm Tony Katz.